It's real easy to hear that and bounces off our earlobes. Love one another, urge one another, and learn together how to be loved by you at a deeper level. But Jesus came into this world. John 3.16 is quoted by everybody. God so loved the world that he sent his time this morning because so often we're busy and we just sort of all have believed in him would have everlasting life and then we get on with our, the rest that's of our lives. Sounds like, so, so that's not death dealt with. To be still. But God's really was saying he so loved the world that he sent his son so that heaven would begin on earth as soon as Jesus was introduced to that Lord person. Says to your spirit, Do and that be life afraid. begins with Jesus on earth as in afraid. heaven. And it's meant to be a lot more exciting than most of us actually have discovered so far. If you are evil, know how to love. The other reading we were going to read this morning is from 1 John. It's the letter of John. It's towards the end of the Bible. If you hit the end of the Bible, you'll hit Revelation, and then you'll come to 1 John 4. And it's about love. And it's kind of, you know, if you go to a wedding, it talks about Corinthians 13, God is love, and it's... It's trotted out at weddings as a romantic kind of statement with There's very little substance. Each one of us usually means something for. And John speaks about love as well. In, so I'm reading from 1 John 4, verse 7. Love. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. To receive from God the Father as This we is how God showed his love among us. One or two he sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Spaces where this we is love. God, not that we loved uh, God, but that he loved us. us and sent his Son as an atoning Listen. sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever whoever loves God must also love his brother. And God gives this command, love one another. And his whole understanding of love is an action. It's always important to qualify this, that, that love is an action. Love is something that God commands us because it's what he did on the cross. He did something. It's not a feeling. Love is nothing to do with feelings on one level. Love is an action. Do what you know to be right. Do what you know to be true. Do what you know to be good. And that's what God commands us. He doesn't command us to like each other. He just commands us to love. Because it's love that lays down things. Like is emotional. Like is I don't feel like it. It doesn't suit me. Like, ah, well, they don't deserve it. But really, at the end of the day, 
you know, what's happened with this kind of reading and most readings is um, I'm going to give you four points on how to love people. L begins with uh, listen, O begins with me be open, V, I don't know, you know. Four ways to, to, to love people better. But the onus comes onto you and you've got to now love like Jesus loved in your own strength and it never works. And that's why God, you know, when Jesus was said, what's the most important commandment? He said, love God and love one another and have some fun. He distilled it down into love God and love one another as God loves you. And I suspect that I'm going to spend the rest of my life teaching and learning in my own life that, that one command, which is, what is it like to be loved by God and what is it like to love others as I'm discovering God loves me? That's it. That's it. That's why Jesus, I believe, wants to say to you and me this morning, will you let me love you more? Now, I don't love you more. Jesus can't love you any more than he's loved you all your life. But when we sang Dance With Me, I wonder what happened inside you. I wonder when, when, when God comes up to you in your chair right now and he takes your hand and he says, will you dance? What's your response? I don't do that in front of people. I don't know any steps. I feel embarrassed. Who are you? I wonder what the response is. Because what happens if God the Father is actually coming to you right now and he's saying, will you dance? You go to any wedding, you go to any big function where, where fathers and daughters are, and there's always the father-daughter dance. And what happens if that's what God's heart is for you? He just says, I want to dance with you. You know, Blue spoke very transparently about his relationship with his parents and, and the pain of a parent who, who won't reach out. God knows about that pain because he has lots of people who don't respond to him. He has lots of people who treat him like dirt. He has lots of people who abuse him. He has lots of people who use him for what he has. He has lots of people who betray him, who say one thing and do another. He has lots of people who sell him for some silver. He knows what it's like when it comes to relationships. And yet every single time he keeps coming back and saying, do you want to try again? The, the point we're looking at this morning is what John talks about when he says God is love and he says, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. I cannot love one another if I haven't received the love that's from God. And the love that's from God is not just a Bible study about loving people. 
The love that comes from God is not an exhortation, go and treat people well. The love that comes from God is first and foremost, may I love you. May I love you. Unless God has our hearts, everything else we do, he's totally disinterested in. In the sense of, it's not what I'm here for. You ever seen a sailor in a sailboat moving the boom backwards and forwards furiously trying to get the sail to work and be filled with wind? That's what sometimes we might interpret the Christian life. Furiously trying to make something happen in our own strength. Or just unfolding the sail and catching the wind and letting it take us. And so we come to that woman who was caught in adultery. In John 8. Jesus is in the temple area. He's gone there early in the morning and he's, early, he's, he's there early he's come down from the Mount of Olives and he's in the temple area and a whole crowd of people already there because they're pretty hungry for what he has to say they've never heard somebody speak like he speaks so they get up early and they make sure they're there because they want to hear this guy and the teachers of the law and the Pharisees who are also there early are, are kind of going boy I wish people would gather around us like that so they issue another decree about people must gather around us in the morning at 7 and nobody comes because you can't legislate that and so they're jealous of Jesus and they're threatened by Jesus and they find this woman who's caught in adultery which is a, is a fascinating sort of thing not the adultery, but the catching of this woman. You go, how did they catch her? I mean, who knew? What was this all about? And as everybody says, and where was the man? Anyway, they, they, they bring her and they sort of throw her in front of the group and in front of Jesus. And they say, Moses said we should stone her. She was caught in the act of adultery. And it says in the scriptures, they made her stand in front of everyone. Totally humiliated. And they said, what, does, what do you say? Because the law of Moses says this is what we should do. And it says in verse 6, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. And what you have is a face-off between religion and the heart of the Father. Religion doesn't see people. Religion sees issues and arguments and debates and who's right and who's wrong. It doesn't see the person. The person is irrelevant. The person is just somebody in whom this malfunction has happened or this lesson needs to be learned through. 
The person doesn't matter. That's the problem with religion. And so these leaders were trying to make a point. And Jesus has been exposed to this many, many times throughout his life. And when that woman is brought in front of him, he doesn't see the leaders and he doesn't see the law. He sees her. And he sees her shame and her fear. He sees their anger and their judgment. And he sees her pain, her fear, her humiliation, her awkwardness. I can never speak about her without confessing my own place when I was there. I felt like her, naked, exposed, judged, and totally, totally lost. And the only person, the only person was Jesus, who didn't look away. That's what it felt like. And Jesus kneels down or, or bends down and he writes in the, in the, in the, in the dust of the temple floor. And there are all kinds of theories about what he wrote. I'm not sure it matters what he wrote. I did sort of ponder Jesus writing with his finger in the dust and thinking about the finger of God. And the fact that the finger of God wrote the first series of the Ten Commandments. And then the finger of God appeared on the wall when Belshazzar was having a feast. He was the king in Egypt. He was having a feast and he had God's goblets brought in front of him to share with his friends and they were all getting drunk. And this finger appeared and, and wrote on it and uh, it was interpreted as being your time has come. That's what the writing on the wall means. If the writing's on the wall, it means the time of truth and judgment is here. And I wonder when Jesus was uh, writing in the sand, it was more about, oh Father, do I kill him now? Or just help me not to. And he stands up and he looks at them. And I actually don't think he sees important religious leaders. I don't think he sees Pharisees. I think he sees grown men who are very threatened and way out of their depth and have no idea what they're doing. And so one day, not very far from that time, those men who would condemn him to death, he would speak to them and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. That is love. I don't feel like forgiving them, but I'm forgiving them. They don't know what they do. But I say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do because I also say to the woman, Father, forgive her. She doesn't know what she's doing. But that time was not yet. And so Jesus, the revelation of God the Father, stands up and he says, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone. And he went back to writing in the ground. 
And those who were going to accuse her dropped their stones one by one and walked away. Because Jesus was looking at them and saying, do you want to be next up on the podium? Do you want your life to be exposed? Do you want us to stone you when we finished with her? Do you, want, do you want to receive the measure of justice you demand for her over your life? And they dropped the stone. And the woman was there. She had never been defended probably by a man in her life. She probably had been abused, misused. And as I've pondered that over the years, I've wondered whether some of the men with stones had been with her. It's how it works. The secrets we have would shock us. What we're capable of would shock us. You without sin throw the first stone. There was a pile of rocks on the floor next to the woman and Jesus with his hand on her saying, Daughter, who condemns you? Neither do I. Now go and sin no more. That's the love of the Father for people who are in pain, for people who are doing wrong, for people who are way out in their behavior. The love of the Father is one who says, I don't condemn you. I will defend you. But stop doing what you're doing. Go and sin no more. The only possibility she has of going and sinning no more is because she's been exposed to the love of the Father that has not condemned her. The only possibility she has of not sinning anymore is because Jesus has stood between her and those who condemn her and said, I will protect you and I will create a space for you to change your life. She could not have gone and said no more without a revelation of love that was expressed So like that woman at the well, I'd be surprised if she didn't get up and go from that place in awe at what had just happened. She had never, ever encountered God in that way. But the part that we don't know is Jesus said, go and sin no more. It's left up to her to seal the deal. And that's the same for you and for me. As we talk about passivity and we talk about stepping into what God has for us, one of the things that we tend to do is stop at, He said to me, go and sin no more, or you're not condemned. And God calls out of us and into us responses. And some of us get really stuck because we don't respond. Or our response is just more of the same. Nothing changes. We're going to talk about different people who met with Jesus over the next maybe month. Why? Because 
Well, I wasn't caught in adultery and I'm not a prostitute, so I'm okay. Until we talk about the man with the intellectual issues. Or we talk about, talk about somebody who was shunned. Or we talk about somebody who had lots of wealth. Or we talk about whoever. But the Father's love is one that reaches out to you and to me and says to us this morning, Will you let me love you? What happens if at your worst place, when you're the ugliest, dirtiest, most sinful, most unlovable, Jesus appears and says, I don't condemn you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. What happens if in your worst moment, God looks at you and says, whatever happened to you, I'm not shocked, I'm sad, I'm not lost, you can be found. I'm not scratching my head saying, what am I going to do with you? I'm just saying, why don't you come? Let's have the video clip, please. See if you identify with us. Hey, Kath. Jesus. Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, um, I didn't expect to see you here. Whoa, uh, what's that smell? That smell? Oh, um, well, that's my... Well, is that why you've been avoiding me? Avoiding you? I, I, I haven't really been avoiding you. I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to get close to you. I mean, I, I just, I don't want you to smell it. I'll take it, Kat. Come oh, on. no, 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 that's okay. I mean, I made it. It's my trash. You know, I should carry it. It's, it's okay. Yeah, but Kat, I mean, this is my job. Right. I take people's trash. That's what I do, so. Right, okay. Well, maybe I could go and just clean it up a little bit, you know, and then I'll just, I'll come back. No, Kat, I don't need you to do that. Um. Okay, I'll take it from you so you don't have to carry the weight. Oh, well, I. Come on. Uh, just, uh, just hand it over. Uh, all, right? all right, let go. Let go. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, How's that feel? Weird. <clears throat> wow. That is crazy. Yeah, just loosen it up a Whoa, little bit. Check that out. I don't know if I've ever moved like that before. Well, I mean, that is crazy. I just, I feel so free and alive. I, it's I mean, the lack of track. No, I mean, it's just like, this is the craziest feeling I have ever had. I just, it's like something's missing, you know? Well, I just, um, get used I, to feeling free because that's yeah, what you are now. Right, okay. Uh, what okay. are you doing? I just, I got to get one thing, okay? Hold on just a minute Get here. one thing? No, 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 no. Don't open the bag. Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice. I really appreciate all that you've done for me. What's going on here, Kat? What? Look, I'll take the trash, but you need to put that back. Oh, um, no, actually, um, that's okay. This is mine. It's my piece. I want to keep it. No, it goes right back in the bag, so I'll help you. Here, no, 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 put no, it no. here. No, Jesus, I, I need to remind myself not to make more trash. I mean, that just Kathleen, makes sense. Kathleen, I will remind you not to make more trash. Oh, okay? well, Jesus, you that's know... That's what I do. I mean, we'll walk together. I know, but I should be in a better place than this by now. I mean, I just... I'm constantly doing things wrong, you know, and I, I'm just, I'm constantly letting you down. No, the only thing that's letting me down is, is, is you taking the stuff back. Okay. Look, I took care of the trash before you even created <gasps> Look, don't you see what's happening? Every time I take your trash away, you come back and, and take another piece. And the more pieces you carry around, the more trash you attract. It reeks. Cat... When I look at you, 
I don't see your sin. I see you. The real you. The free you. This is what I'm fighting for. This is what I died for. Jesus, I'm sorry. I just, please forgive me. I've already forgiven you. The question is, will you forgive yourself? See, the greatest ministry that Jesus has to us is to help us to receive what he gives. At a deeper and deeper and deeper level. And that's why it's so important to open our hearts to him. Many of us have shut our hearts off at quite a shallow level. And it shows in our lives. It shows in our relationships. We don't love like Jesus loves. We love at convenient levels. We love when it suits us. We only can love to the depth that we have been loved. We can only forgive to the depth that we've been forgiven. And some of us are so numb, we think there's nothing to work on. Or we get proud and we think we're doing quite well and God says, come closer. I'm not about to condemn you. It's just my truth will set you free. And my truth is that I'm the only one who can live this life in you. You can't do it. And for some of you, you're asking me for things, but you won't release anything. So I can't do anything. And how does God's Spirit speak to us? Just ask Him what He wants. For many of us, we're so afraid of trust that we'd rather hold on to what we know, whether it's trash or not, than let it go. I've said this many times. Many people have been victimized. Many people have poor self-esteem. Many people who condemn themselves are terrified of even the possibility of living a life where they might not have those crutches. And that sounds like a harsh word, but there are many people who are holding on to trash that stinks and they'd rather have the trash that stinks because at least they know that stink. It could be anything in our lives. And Jesus comes to us like he came to that woman and he just says to us, will you let me love you more? There is more life for you. There is more truth. There is more hope. There is no condemnation. I'm actually trying to get you to live out the fullness of what I've won for you. And he takes that step by step by step. So if I know God, he's raising things up in you right now that he's saying like that woman, he says, will you give it to me? And he wants a response. And you probably respond to that woman who says, no, I'll just take this bit back. I'll keep this bit. What would you like this morning? There's no condemnation at all in any of this. It's all about an invitation into more love, more effectiveness, more openness, more freedom in our own lives. Let's pray.
Father, I just pray for your spirit to show us if there's anything that you're wanting to just take from us today. The way the way Jesus does that is he just basically shows us what is heavy in our lives or where we feel guilty or where we feel condemned or where we feel tired or cynical all of those kind of places he doesn't uh, show them to us to beat us up with them he just says why don't you give me that area could be anything And you don't have to feel, you can give him things and feel afraid. You can give him things and go, oh, I'm not sure this is going to make any difference. And he understands that. But he says to me, you, you come to me all who are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Many of us have voices in our heads that condemn us, that accuse us, that speak words of negativity and shame into our spirits and into our lives many of us are coping and love has been something that's got a distant memory and Jesus comes to us today and says will you let me love you I don't want you to do anything for me ever again. I'd like to do lots with you for the rest of your life. Come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit love one another urge one another and learn together how to be loved by you at a deeper level and we're just taking our time this morning because so often we're busy and we just sort of want to jot down the thought and then we get on with our, the rest of our lives and so there's there's no place to be still. The Lord says to your spirit, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. If you are evil, know how to love your children, how much more will God the Father love you? peace I give you a peace that passes understanding so go and sin no more there's something for each one of us that that means something for go and sin no more
let's continue to receive from God the Father as we we just sing one or two songs that are part of our, our, our response, as it were, just creating spaces where we can let God uh, speak to us. And this